Welcome to Innovators Unleashed. Join your host, leadership expert, Clinton Henry, as he embarks on a journey through the realm of talent leadership, engaging with trailblazing thought leaders from around the world. Here's your host, Clinton Henry. Today, we're talking to Tony Leonard. Tony is a career coach who has over 13 years of experience working mainly with creative professionals. He contends creative people of all types often struggle with being valued in the marketplace. I hope you enjoy. So Tony, thanks so much for, for being here. One of the things I'm excited that, one of the reasons I'm excited to have you on is because I, I talk to a lot of coaches, right? Leadership coaches, um, just career coaches. From your perspective, what is unique about working as a career coach, focusing on creative professionals? Yeah, uh, thanks for having me on, Clint. Appreciate it. Um, creative professionals oftentimes struggle in a marketplace. A lot of creatives uh, do their creative work, uh, and, and the primary driver is not oftentimes uh, money. It's not often financial. It's usually uh, not usually, but in my experience, often it's it's about the creativity itself. Uh, and so I'm helping folks that uh, in a lot of cases are, are, are not driven to, to make a lot of money or, or, or have not approached um, the, the financial space with a lot of confidence and, and trying to help those people uh, value them, themselves and their work. Uh, which is huge when you're talking about creative people is, is how is creativity uh, appreciated and, val- and valued in a particular marketplace and helping folks identify that and, and then um, subsequently get paid well. That's interesting. So, you know, there's a wonderful book called Drive by, by Dan Pink where he talks about money is not a, a prime. It, it can be a motivator to a certain point, right? Where um, And then beyond that, we focus on other things like autonomy, mastery, and purpose. And I think what I'm hearing from you is that, is that you know, creative professionals are really focused about on like how their work impacts the, the broader picture and and you know how they can you know how they align what they do with the the larger mission of the organization is that a fair read yeah 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 that's that's fair i think um the creative folks that i work with uh care a lot about the mission and the 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 values uh of of the organization of the company uh and in addition to that they want to bring their own unique creativity to 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 the fold uh, as you say, money is a is a driver, but there are, are several. Uh, and a lot of the people that I work with come to me because that that's the the um, the the persuasive energy that's sometimes necessary to advocate for oneself. Uh, for example, in a um, in a job negotiation, a salary negotiation, uh, that that's not always uh, what. Uh, folks have have been interested in and specialized in, and so um, yes, definitely, people care about the 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 values and the, the um, key principle, core principles of the organization. Um, and how how do you how do you bring your your own creativity, like you said, autonomy, in as well? 
So what's the typical impetus for someone reaching out to you to get to, you know, to looking for coaching services? Is it they're unhappy in their current role or is it more of a, like, I, I, there's something missing kind of what, what, what brings people to your doorstep? Uh, yeah. It, what's really fun for me is people come, a lot of people come and they're completely lost. Like I don't, I'm in this job that is a dead end or I, lots of folks recently getting laid off. Uh, but many saying, you know, I have this expertise of the last 10 years and I don't want to pivot to something new. Uh, but really the a feeling of being stuck. Uh, and it's my job to help uh, that individual get some clarity on where they want to go uh, and how they're, how we're going to, how I'm going to bring my expertise to, to help them get there. Uh, in addition, what's cool about being a create, creative career coach is that I also get people who come from like jobs that wouldn't have a creative title. They're not they're not a uh, a design UX designer, for example, but they want to they want more creativity in their professional lives. Uh, and so I get people coming from that direction as well, where they're like, you know. Uh, Creativity is not a big part of my role, and I would like it. I would like to bring more of it to the table. Um, and also, there's ways of being creative in almost any position you can think of. It's just, just thinking uh, in unique and different ways, and, and bringing ideas that you have uh, to to the forefront. So when you get when you get somebody coming to you saying, "Hey, listen, I'm not happy." in my current role, maybe I want to change, maybe, maybe I don't. What's sort of your process to kind of have that, comp, those, I guess, that series of conversations with them to, to determine what the right move is? Do you, do you have like a um, like a, a regiment you kind of follow or is it each person you kind of do, you know, you approach it differently? What's your approach? Yeah, I, I don't have a, a, a regiment. Um, um, I learned, I'm largely working intuitively and it starts with uh, deep listening uh, and I'm listening to understand the person's context, uh, motivations, struggles, challenges, gifts, talents. Um, and that, that helps me begin to think about the map forward and how quickly I can roll my expertise out and um, start to assist and, and make change. And, but for everybody that, that different. It's different. The timeline is different. Some people are ready to go from week one. They're ready to pivot week two. Some people, it takes 10 weeks. Some people, you know, it could be uh, six months. So the timing is different. I'm totally agnostic in the sense, if you want to stay at your current role and figure out how to make it better, cool. If you want to move to a, a role that's in um, the same industry, uh, but it's not, um, working for the same company, let's say, cool. And if you want to completely get into something totally, totally new and different, great. I, I think it's, for me, it's about listening, identifying uh, strengths, challenges, and uh, and then helping roll that out and, and, and creating a process and helping that person believe in that process and um, ultimately just buying in. That's fascinating. So do, 
you know, one of the things that we deal with because you know, as I'm a leader of an organization and I lead both creative and non-creative individuals, right? And I think, you know, my read is managing and leading creative folks is wildly different than than managing uh, non-creatives. Is there any truth to that, or is that my own biases? And kind of what what are some of the things that maybe creatives need more of or less of than than someone who doesn't fit in that category? The 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 deeper question of you know how how are we all as humans kind of wired, and I don't know uh, the answer to that, but I, I do think there's definitely people show up in the workplace differently. Some people want to, you know, they're, they're more comfortable give, being given a task and saying, okay, I'm going to work on this. I'm going to, here's the output. And it, it's really clear. And then there's other folks who uh, are not, are not going to be stimulated uh, by that process in the same way. Um, creative people uh, have have a sense of wanting to do it their own way a lot of times. So you're you're dealing with how how do you create space? How do you create uh in actually in one of your previous um podcasts called Creating a Culture of Innovation, it's really interesting. I think everybody should listen to it. Uh you talk about some of the key things about creating, you know, a, a culture of innovation and one of them is psychological safety. And uh, th- that that's huge. Uh, and so when you're when you're managing somebody who who wants to be creative, who wants to bring ideas uh, to the table, um, we have to create that space that it's okay for what I. And this is something that I bring to my coaching as well. I try to bring is non-judgment. Like we're not going to judge the outcome. Like we're going to uh, allow you to work in an iterative way and uh, and it hopefully hopefully leads to some value add for the organization. Uh, that, that's always the balance is how much flexibility space do you give somebody and then you also need results. Um, so that's, that's always, a, a, I think, you could call it a tension or a problem to solve, um, but makes working with creative folks interesting. So how do you handle someone who says, hey, look, I'm not creative, but I'd like to, you know, leverage more of those skills, you know, in, in my work, right? Or I'm creative outside of work, but I want to be a creative in work. Like, how do you approach that? So it seems like a really unique kind of conversation. I think, you know, I think COVID did a lot where a lot of us reexamined kind of what we do and, and why we do it. And I imagine that the the trend of people saying, what am I spending my time doing and am I getting real value out of it? Um, you know, what advice do you give them and, and how do you have them approach um, that situation? It, for me, it starts with really listening. Like, I'm, I'm again, not coming in with an objective. I'm trying to understand what, uh, what are you doing now concretely at work? Walk me through day to day, hour by hour. Let me, let me really understand what you're doing. What are you doing outside of work that you feel falls more into a, you know, what we would call in quotes, like a creative activity? Uh, and how, what, how do, how do you want to bring more creativity into your work life? Uh, and that, that's, that's a conversation. And the more that I can hear about that, the more that that person's willing to tell me 
willing, uh, then it's going to help me advise them. And, and, uh, I think anybody who's managing folks really trying to listen with the the intent to understand, uh, and then, and then it's about coming up with a plan, you know, and then it's like, okay, now I understand where you're coming from. Let's here are some ideas I have. Let me hear some ideas that you have. Uh, and if we can get locked in on, on, a path forward, then, then you know, and if, if the manager is flexible and is like, I want to see you try to make this work. I mean, that's exciting, right? Uh, that's exciting for me that, that, that giving that person the opportunity to to do their thing in a new way, and also for the manager to stand back and say, let's see how this goes, and and you know, hopefully it's, it's good. Yeah, people are usually pretty intuitive, right? And they kind of know what they'd be good or bad at. And the amount of career conversations I've had with people on my team or other leaders that I that I work with, where, where somebody just said, hey, listen, I've been doing this for 15 years and I don't want to do this anymore. This looks interesting. Can I have the autonomy to go explore that? That's really, you know, that's it's a very, it's a very interesting question to, to hear, but it's it's so empowering when you actually let somebody do it and it's successful, it's, it's, it's actually a lot of fun because you feel like you've actually done your job as a manager. It's more than just top grading or like evaluating talent, right? Where you're empowering somebody to actually be, to get more value out of what they do day to day. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're helping them be a more full, fully human being, uh, getting to express their humanity and, um, you know, maybe they wanted to do something when they're 25 and now they're, 37 and they've changed a lot in that time and their priorities are different and uh, goals are different. Um, family relationships are different. Uh, and so yeah, if you get, if you can allow somebody the space to, to be, it begins with a conversation and just ha- having those open questions and, and then saying, okay, I'm committed to your growth as a, as a, as a human. Um, and I'm also deeply taking into consideration the the demands of, of what the, the company needs. And, and, and you know, I, I need to make sure that revenue is being created. And, uh, you know, so we're, we're balancing that. But if we can give more space to, to hear, you know, this is where I, I feel like I could be adding even more value. I'm, I have more passion here. And if you can help that person get get from a to B, you, you you may end up getting an employee who's giving you a, a, a lot more value. They're more locked in. They're more passionate, and they're they're uh, they're going to be adding more to the to the company. Yeah, if your employee count stays the same, but your level of engagement from the employees goes up, productivity and everything else goes up too, right? So I think increasing engagement is really important, and having people get value from what they do is a big you know path to uh to accomplish that do um do you have a uh like you know you typically how long do your coaching engagements last like so is it it's one of those things where somebody's doing like a, a session once or is it kind of like uh i gotta figure this out over a few months kind of how, how does that work and the reason i'm asking this is a lot of times we talk to leaders about the importance of having coaching conversations with their team members and they're like oh yeah i i i, I booked it we're good and it's like a it's a one and done thing. I I very much doubt that's going to be the appropriate approach. And I just wanted to kind of tee you up. For yeah, uh, I prefer to work with people 
in the range of three months to six months. Um, it, it gives gives somebody the opportunity to think a little bit deeper, possibly about what what they really want to do. I, I do an exercise with most clients at the beginning where it's like, um, let's take one piece of paper and a pen and write down as expansively as you can everything that you'd like to do professionally in your life, uh, going back to when you were in the second grade, you know, and then from there, then maybe the following week, we start to see what resonates and what doesn't. And so, you know, a lot of these things kind of fall off the radar and that's fine. And then you know, we start getting locked into a few that are uh, like this, this, this is interesting, you know, and it's really, it's really interesting for me because sometimes that that thing once you've given the, the space to kind of think completely expansively person really comes back to what they're doing and it just is about i've had clients they they just needed to have some difficult conversations with their managers uh so that they can tweak their role a little bit and get a little bit more clarity and understanding and support um and, and then sometimes it's wildly like i I want to listen to Bob Dylan and, and make whiskey. Like I'm, I'm kind of, I'm through with the, with the C-suite, you know? Uh, so if, if you give people opportunity to think really expansively and you're like not confined in, in for moments, uh, but going back to your question, yeah, I think it's a longer process. I think uh, one, one coaching session is great. It opens the door. Cause like, here's a, here's a, here's a potential pathway. Uh, but usually folks need more than one to, to make change. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Okay. When you, when you mentioned the whiskey thing, I just thought about this guy that, uh, used to work for me in Texas. And then, you know, he's, he, we had a few conversations and it wasn't like he was, his heart wasn't in it. This was before quiet quitting became a thing. I just could tell he wasn't that engaged. And, you know, it took a few conversations. You finally up, opened up and I'm like, what do you want to do, man? Like, what do you want to do? He's like, you know, I really want to get into cheese. Yeah. and he's actually like a very successful cheesemaker now uh in, it. in austin it. so it's like it's yeah. crazy like you know people have these yeah, things and that was, you know, yeah and, and it's cool people people bring all of the talents that they've you know built and the skills that they've built um and gained through their experience or you know, probably this guy who, who worked with you got a lot out of the experience working with you and is using a lot of that in his cheese business um it just happens to be cheap uh that's that's fantastic <laughs> exactly so i mean I, I think that's one of the great things about your role is you're helping people kind of live their best life or, or be more human as, as you said and you know i think that's that's uh a wonderful way to live and a, and a wonderful way to spend your time empowering other people so you know tony i i just want to thank you for for being on the show giving us a little bit of insight about what you do uh, your contact information and your site will be in the show notes for people to, to, to check you out. But, you know, this was, uh, this is a great, this is great, man. Thanks so much for, uh, for coming on. Thank you, Glenn. I appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. Take care. That's it for today's episode of Innovators Unleashed. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a review and share the podcast with others. Follow your host on social media at the Clinton Henry or visit him on the web at www.clintonhenry.com. Until next time.